There are two slow etudes in opus 10. Number 3 is the first one and this is the second one. Number 6 in E flat minor. They're quite similar like etude wise what you're supposed to practice uh, by playing them. It's about the balance of a melody, a cantabile singable melody and an accompaniment voice in the middle. And in this one the accompaniment voice goes between the hands. So in the beginning it's in the left hand and the melody in the right hand and you need to find a good balance of that. But then you also need to do the accompaniment voice in the right hand later on in the piece. It's sometimes called Lament as a nickname and is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, it's a slow piece in minor, E flat minor is kind of a dark key with six flats. But the tempo it's mostly performed quite slow, maybe like a Largo or Lento if you feel it on dotted quarter notes. Really feel the lamenting there, but actually if we follow Chopin's marking Andante and the metronome mark of 69, it's quite a lot faster. And I prefer this faster tempo and also Mare Pariah plays it like this. So it's not as long as uh, the slow versions, something like this. feel a much clearer beat on the dotted quarter notes. But the character is still super lovely. It's full of these painful dissonances and a kind of regret, but also the resolutions to the dissonances and the acceptance that comes with that in the piece. And this is all created by the left hand, the accompaniment middle voice, with this going chromatically around the chord notes. And the melody on top, really singable. And here the harmony is a diminished chord and a tritone that we hold the second voice as well. It's a lot, the most dissonant interval of all when you have these uh, three whole tones, a tritone. another one but now resolution so this is the first phrase of eight bars it's a lovely cadence here with the Neapolitan chord, the uh, F-flat, or it's an E major when you sit at the piano, but it's spelled as F-flat with all the flat, flat land. Uh, so we go from B-flat major, the dominant. Uh, this is a deceptive cadence to C-flat or B major, uh, it feels like at the piano. Uh, it's just the sixth in E-flat, so deceptive cadence. And now this is the Neapolitan and it's kind of related E to B major or F flat to C flat. They're kind of related through the back door harmonically uh, because they are dominant to each other. But here we go back to E flat minor. Uh, so B major, E major, 
back to B major with uh, A in the bass, sevens in the bass, but back to B flat seven. That's a dominant, and then some uh, thick filling chromatic chords here. But E flat minor, this is the dominant. Just this chromatic in between. Now we get the repeat of the same phrase. It's exactly the same until the last bar. So. to the cadence to E flat minor it's like a full a perfect cadence uh, the first time it's like a half cadence it goes to the dominant here it's landing on the dominant and then we start over on the tonic and the second time it goes directly to the tonic so here starts the next section all the etudes are in some kind of ABA form this is not so much a contrasting section, it's the same kind of texture, but something new starts happening here. We get some uh, consecutive episodes that new ideas start to grow, and it's basically a long crescendo, this B section, and then it's followed by a long decline, and then we get back to the return of the first melody. So here we get this lovely harmonic uh, suspend sus chords here. And this is a minor with a, a nine, suspension on a nine, an F minor. But it's resolving to a diminished. So it's not resolving to F minor. So it's directly pointing forward. And then it's a sequence, the same sus, but now it's one note higher. And we reach here. are my favorite bars of the whole piece I think they're so lovely just because it's been the chromatic and the diminished and tension and then we modulate to E major it's the same chord as the Neapolitan F flat uh, when we have it with the third in the bass and everything but now it's kind of part of the modulation so it's not exactly the same but a little bit of the similar feeling uh, with the first inversion third in the bass it has a lot to do with it I think And from here on, so now uh, we treat it as E major, the tonality, E is a tonic. And then we get this lovely chord progression. Um, the bass note doesn't really follow the chords in the right hand, so it's still some suspensions, but they are just super lush and nice. ending firmly in E major <laughs> B major with E in the bass very firmly rooted um, let's play it with the middle voice as well a 
now we move on and here the melody starts asking some questions like when you ask a question with your voice you go up in the end you ask a question this is the same that the melody does here and again higher the second time and now okay now we go back to E flat minor it was a brief modulation in E major but this is a very dense chromatic diminished sequence that comes so it's very unclear where we are harmonically I'm not gonna try to uh, to decode this it's just some seven and some diminished in sequence and it's reaching a climax here and this is actually the highest note in the piece the G flat in the melody and it can often be like that if there's like a climax it might be the highest note in the piece uh, at least in this so yeah let's take it with the middle voice stretto is uh, getting more agitated uh, faster and now we start the long decline we can see the left hand, the bass is going down chromatically one seminar at a time to A and then back to B flat and that's the dominant to the return of the E flat minor melody. Uh, and it, it's kind of the same, some uh, chromatic sequences. It's like the bass is dragging down the melody with it. I forgot there's a detail here in, in a bar that it's different between different editions so sometimes it's uh, in my edition that I play from it's F sharp and D sharp but you can often hear it as F natural and D natural um, so uh, but I, I prefer the sharp version uh, you can hear both in the recordings as well okay we continue the line down like this a wind, wind up toy that slowly runs out of power and it's gonna stop but you don't know exactly when it's gonna stop but it goes slower and slower it's a little bit like that we start to get augmented chord here as well like bringing the bringing back the kind of tension of regret that we have in the first melody this amazing chord there is no emoji that can express this what happens here because it's many places in all music that there are not emojis for it's just a, a subtle and rich musical nuance and it's amazing we get B flat in the bass uh, augmented and B flat major and then an F really something new And back to E flat minor. Mm 
So now when this phrase comes, it's only one time in the beginning, it's two times. And now this, after this struggle of the middle section, it feels more accepting and forgiving in some way, even if it's exactly the same. So in the end, I played the cadence now, but it actually it insists on the Neapolitan chord. Before it resolves again, third time, and the final out, outburst, outcry. really put the cadence in place. It's a extra flavor here, the flat 9 in the chord of B flat. And the sus. That really uh, gets the final cadence. And then uh, we get again this like uh, slowly running out of power with a smorzando means dying away. times and then it ends with a major third it's called a Picardy third instead of E flat minor it's major so even with all the tension and the regrets and the struggles this piece ends on a hopeful note
Thanks for watching Sonata Secrets. A special shout out to my Patreon sponsors, Anne Mori and M. Milcharek.